But before we can welcome in a new year, we've got to look back on 2021 because another year down, another new set of words to get to know and potentially mispronounce or misunderstand. But don't worry, you're not alone. This year's list of most pronounced words shows that we've got a lot of common ground when it comes to butchering language we use every day. This list was compiled by the U.S. Captioning Company, and it was commissioned by Babbel, a language learning platform. Esteban Tuma works as a teacher with Babbel, and he joins us right now to go through this year's lists. Esteban, welcome to Culture Shift. Hey, Ryan. Thanks so much for having me. Now, in addition to being a teacher, you're also a stand-up comedian. You've actually performed at the WDET comedy showcases that we did over the summer, and we loved having you. And it was interesting to see this list come out and also think about some of the topics you talked about when you do your stand-up comedy, because you've actually talked about what it's like being a non-native English speaker and having to learn a new language. Absolutely. Yes. I, I feel like language is so much part of my life and my experience, my professional experience and personal experience that, you know, it's part of my job and it's part of my stand-up, of course. So yeah, I always talk about that kind of like this misstep of trying to communicate with other people and trying to understand each other. It's just a, it's just a funny uh, experience. It has always been really interesting. Yeah. When this report came out, you had a great quote that I really loved, and I think it helps humble everybody when it comes to learning language or speaking. You said, as a non-native speaker, I must confess it's fun to see English speakers stumbling a bit for a change. What what are some of the things that the people were really struggling with this year? That's right. Yeah, it's always funny to see it. Um, you know, I do it in a, in a very, uh, I say it in a very endearing way because I feel like mispronouncing something it's actually uh what it really is is an attempt to connect with something that you haven't connected with and that i think here Babel, we are kind of like very focused on that notion of how language helps to interact with each other so uh i you know a lot of the the words that people have had problems mispronunciate means <laughs> mispronunciating is uh, words that are foreign to them, right? Words that come from uh, uh, foreign TV shows or that uh, have made the news through other languages, right? Like for example, Omicron, who's like a Greek, which is like a Greek word. Um, so, so this interaction between languages is what causes a lot of these issues. And so as a language instructor, it's always interesting to me to see that, right? Because if you understand a second language or if you start studying a second language, you kind, of, you kind of develop the ability to kind of morph your mouth and your throat and your tongue to pronounce these words in a, in a better way. Esteban, I like that idea where you're making the case that even just making an effort, even if you get it wrong, is better than nothing. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Uh, and, and you know, we shouldn't feel intimidated by mispronunciation at all. I, I think uh, for language learners, saying something wrong should be a point of pride because you are trying to establish a communication with uh, other people, right? You're expanding your vocabulary and you're trying. And any uh, language learner will tell you, any English language, language learner, uh, any person who comes uh, to this country for... Uh, any reason and is trying to learn the language will tell you that it's hard to do that, but that that process is part of it. I think it all comes from the fact that we have not 
trained from, from where we were kids to say these words, right? These foreign words uh, actually require you to move your mouth and to move muscles in you that you have never used, right? So it's basically, it's the same as learning how to play guitar. If they ask you to play a chord that you've never played before, you're going to struggle a bit. You have to put your fingers in certain method and you have to do certain things. So it's nice to see people trying to play these multicultural chords and trying to connect with people. I love it. You've ended up teaching language. Can you tell me a little bit about your own journey to learn other languages? Absolutely, yes. I was, I've was i always been obsessed with the Spanish language, and that's how I started my career in languages. Um, and I studied, uh, I did a master's degree on literature and culture um, in the United States, Spanish. And then I started teaching Spanish and trying to learn other languages. Uh, my journey with English, uh, I married an English teacher. So <laughs> if you want to learn a language, I recommend, I highly recommend marrying someone <laughs> who speaks that language and is able to correct you every single moment of your life. So that has been very helpful um, to say the least. And so, so that's been very interesting. And then, uh, you know, I've been a teacher for uh, more than a, a decade and uh, I recently started working uh, with Babbel, uh, teaching Spanish for their Babbel Life platform. We offer online uh, classes and also producing media and uh, articles and stuff for their online content. Yeah, and it forms a lot of what you talk about when you're doing stand-up comedy is kind of the connection that we end up feeling or not feeling when we can't understand each other through language. That's right. It's funny because when you learn a language, you usually have to follow these very logical structures, right, of like subject, verb, and, uh, you know, usually language classes are, are done that way. But honestly, well, you're not really learning a language. You are learning how to communicate with other human beings. So the main point of learning a language is the idea of trying to connect with others. Uh, and, and that happens a lot in pronunciation, right? For example, when I started learning English, you have these rules and you think things, things work in certain way, but then you realize, for example, that people in the, in, in the US sometimes speak with movie quotes. And so you need to have these references that I don't, I didn't have at the beginning. So it's like, what are you saying to me? Why are you saying these random quotes from, I don't know, from a, a, a movie that I don't know. So um, it's kind of getting used to that thing and also getting used to these other aspects that are beyond language, the cultural aspect of things or like the references of that culture or, or that group of people you're meeting or certain individuals, right? Um, so uh, I think keeping an open mind is a very, uh, very big part of not only of uh, learning a new language, but pronouncing words correctly too. Now, I think that that whole intro should definitely make people uh, feel safer as we go through this word, this list of words that have been mispronounced over right. 2021. Because we're all in this together. We're all learning together. It's okay. It's a safe space here on Culture Shift. We say that a lot. Um, so let's go through some of these words. We'll, I'll be the proxy for the audience because I'm sure I'm going to mispronounce some of these, Esteban. You can correct me. You can walk me through them a little bit. Uh, this first one, Chugi. And that's spelled C-H-U-E-U-G-Y, C-H-E-U-G-Y. What is Chugi and am I saying it correctly? That's correct. You are saying it correctly. By the way, I'll say that 
Also that, you know, I'm not a native English speaker. So it's funny for me to put this list because I know how to pronounce these words, but I don't always, I'm not always able to pronounce them correctly too. So that's interesting. But anyway, chewy, yes, was a term popularized by Gen Z. And they, you know, they use it to mock outdated and unfashionable aesthetic of, of millennials. Um, and it's funny because I wrote, I put this list together and wrote this thing and I put it out and my niece who is a Gen Z, uh, uh, DM me and said like, uh, you don't know that writing about Chugi is very Chugi. So, uh, <laughs> she destroyed me. <laughs> so I guess I'm Chugi now. So this is a generational divide. So you use the example of, um, let's say millennial person in their kitchen, having a sign that says live, laugh, love. And a younger generation, like Generation Z, saying, ooh, that's chuggy. Right, totally chuggy. Yes, absolutely. So many chuggy things that they don't like that as a millennial, I very much think are normal right. <laughs> and okay. Like skinny jeans, I had to deal with changing to skinny jeans for a while years ago, and I thought I was being cool. Now all I have is skinny jeans, and now they're out. Now they're out. Know. It's a shame because sometimes it takes you so long to get onto a trend. You finally get to that trend, and that train has left. We're on to the next station. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So this list does, you know, that first word, Chugi, kind of points out that social media plays a huge role in bringing new language to the table that may start out in a small group of people online, but then become this uh, kind of movement of language, a new word that enters a more common lexicon in real life. Absolutely. And that's what's interesting about uh, about this list is that it kind of gives you a perspective of what happened in the year. And now with social media and, and, and all of this, it's so easy to get something just lifts up. Imagine uh, years ago, just mere decades ago, the fact of popularizing a word might have taken a long time without uh, the expansion of media. But this word comes from TikTok, for example, right? It was popularized there, and now it's kind of becoming part of the national uh, conversation, uh, especially between uh, Gen Zs. Yeah, just that explanation feels a little chuggy to me. Um, <laughs> just, Esteban, <laughs> let's. I'm I'm trying to play cool for our younger audience, which I'm sure yeah, exists I'm somewhere. Yeah, I'm really out hoping there. my knees is not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we know anything about young listeners, they're certainly not listening to the radio, which is just a podcast <laughs> you can't control. Now right. let's let's move on to uh, this next word, which also comes from a social media thing. Which I was surprised that people were struggling with this one, but apparently they were Chipotle. Oh, yes. Uh, there's also, here's another social media thing that happened because um, there were there was this uh, trend of having parents pronouncing uh, this one, right? Uh, so baby boomers and mill even millennials trying to pronounce this, this word that if you're not familiar with Spanish, it might be a problem. So yeah, they, the correct pronunciation in Spanish, if we're going to get technical, it would be chipotle. Um, it's okay in English to say Chipotle, but um, it's just funny to see videos of uh, older people trying to uh, pronounce this one. It's uh, a little bit uh, hurtful. My uh, Spanish uh, core kind of vibrates a little bit when I hear someone trying to pronounce this one wrong. Is that nails on a chalkboard for you? <laughs> kind of. I mean, you know, as a Spanish teacher, I've become a little bit used to that, but uh, but it definitely is a little, mm, a little, it hurts a little bit. 
like you said, the effort is what is what matters. Exactly. And also, you know, if you don't know how to pronounce Chipotle or any of these words, don't feel too intimidated by it. Just try to say it and you'll be fine. Now, the other thing that we see aside from social media is pop culture milestones that happen throughout the year. And Squid Game on Netflix is something that really launched uh, South Korea media, movies, TV, culture, uh, which was already over the past decade or so really bubbling up. But Squid Game kind of entered a new wave of South Korean culture coming into the world and uh, new foods. You know, it's been out for a while, no spoilers, but food plays a pretty prominent role in the show. And there's a food, and I'm going to try this one, Talgona. Very good, Talgona. That's perfect. That's right. It's a, it's a, this Korean treat that is made, made with melted sugar. Um, and uh, if you've seen the series, you know exactly what this is. Uh, of course, it came from Squid Game. So I feel like after watching the show, I feel like something horrible will happen if I mispronounce this one. But um, it kind of goes to show you how many of these words come from uh, foreign languages and also from the popularization of certain media. Uh, this uh, uh, explosion of uh, Korean uh, culture in, in, the, in the US is very interesting to me because it has marked a lot of uh, different uh, uh, elements of how people are interacting with different languages, right? Korean has uh, in its roots a lot of differences with English, so it's interesting to see people trying to pronounce these words. The other element, uh, again, the internet dictating quite a bit of this, is cryptocurrency. Uh, that's even a term that that may be new for people, and cryptocurrencies within that. So this one, Dogecoin. How did I do on that one? That was pretty. That's pretty good. Dogecoin. That's that's great. Uh, I always felt like I at the beginning I always thought it was pronounced doggy coin because of its logo <laughs> yeah it, it well, it's spelled d-o-g-e-c-o-i-n and it does use a, a little dog as a logo <laughs> that's right and I honestly thought that's what it would be I was ready to buy it I thought it was doggy coin and I wanted it so now I now that I learned how to pronounce it I'm not buying this the other one is ethereum Right, Ethereum. That's right, um, and this was one of the one of those cryptocurrencies that kind of skyrocketed uh, in value this year amid the decentralized currency boom. Now, it's not just internet things. It's not just social media. It's not just things on Netflix. It's also the rise of celebrities that you may not be familiar with. I certainly feel this. Getting a little bit older, I never thought the day would come where I would say. Who is that person on my television? But the second you think that's not going to happen, you know it definitely will happen. And I think for a lot of people, pronouncing the names can be difficult. One of them is with Billy Eilish. Eilish is how you pronounce the last name. That's right, Billy Eilish. I feel like a lot of people got this one right, but um, it was interesting to see people saying Eilish. Um, and it happened a lot, especially with broadcasters who may, may not be very familiar with uh, her music. So it was interesting to see to, to see those attempts. And for you, Esteban, because it's working with the U.S. captioning company, I believe, so it's actually a lot of times this is coming from the fact that announcers or people on TV are getting it wrong and therefore people at home think that that is the way you pronounce it. Right, exactly. These big broadcasting uh 
companies that have such an, an immense uh, reach can actually change sometimes the way these words are pronounced because of the of the influence they have uh, on people. So that's why that's why it's interesting to see these uh, these the captioning company compiling these so that we know a little bit. For example, this one surprised me, right? Because I didn't think there was going to be uh, a lot of problems with this one, um, but it was interesting to see. There were some big news topics that happened this year. One of them involving a ship blocking a canal, which I think with both of these, there's an opportunity to mispronounce both of these things, the canals and the name of the ship. Go ahead and walk me through this one. Right. Yes. The name of the ship that blocked this West Canal in March uh, was named uh, Ever Given, Ever Given. Um, but uh, many newscasters mistook the name of the ship as Evergreen. Um, which is the name of the company that owns the vessel and was, and it was actually printed, the name was printed on its hull. So uh, that, give, that gave a lot of opportunity for people to make that mistake. So this is both a problem with pronunciation and also a problem with the concept of it. Now, the other one is geographical. And uh, this one really hurt me to my core because I feel like I've been saying it incorrectly mm -hmm. uh, for years, probably annoying many listeners out there. Again, any compliments, complaints, you can send those directly to my email, hooper at wdet.org. And this one has to do with a city in Scotland. Tell me about this place. That's right. That's the city Glasgow, Glasgow, which a lot of people pronounce Glasgow. Um, and it was, of course, it made the news because it was the host city of uh, the 2021 United Nations Climate Conference. Um, and as as we saw on the news, it was the name Glasgow, that's the mispronunciation, was uh, pronounced like that by both President Joe Biden and Barack Obama. So if you are pronouncing Glasgow, you have one up on both Obama and Biden. So. Now, I think it's okay for the average person to make an effort and maybe fail at pronouncing a city, a place, whatever. But I think if you're a diplomat going into a foreign country, you got to put a little more effort into it, Esteban. <laughs> right. Someone should tell you how to pronounce it. Maybe <laughs> if the White House is listening, maybe they can hire me to give them some pointers. Oh, they're always listening. Now, the biggest <laughs> one here, Esteban is uh, a new variant of COVID-19. We talked a little bit about it at the top, but I think this is one that people still struggle with. So let's let's walk through Omicron. That's right. It's getting a little bit, uh, I, I, you know, I, I've, I stopped listening to a little bit, I, I stopped hearing mispronunciations from this one. I think we're getting a little bit more used to it, sadly. But yes, this new virulent strain of COVID-19 um, that was identified in November. Of course, these were the the name as the other variants that we've seen come from Greek letters and the Greek alphabet. So the correct pronunciation is Omicron. Uh, usually, we see in a lot of um, Greek words that come to English, we see a lot of this stress of the of the word at the opening of the uh, word, the first syllable of the word. So so that's why it's Omicron. A lot of people have been pronouncing Micron or Omicron. Um, so it's been interesting to see that, but I feel like we're getting a little bit used to it, especially because a lot of, we have a lot of um, Greek words, of course, in, um, in English. And I think people kind of tend to associate in them in that sense. And if you see, for example, I don't know, think about like words like marathon, right? Or um, narcissism, the Greek words usually tend to have that 
stress at the opening of the, at the beginning of the first syllable of the, of the word. So that has been helpful. Also has been helpful that we cannot stop talking about it. So um, we now know how to pronounce it correctly. That's the unfortunate situation of practice yes. makes perfect when it comes to Omicron. And, and one thing that's confusing that you point out is that in the U.S., we might say it one way, the U.K. says it another. So depending on where you're watching the news, whether that's BBC or NPR, it might get a little confusing there, too. That's right. And I think that says a lot about what pronunciation is, right? We talked about what is the correct way to pronounce a word, but honestly, languages are determined by the people who use them. So uh, something that is mispronounced, if it becomes too popular and people start saying it that way, that's no longer a mispronunciation. That is just the way the word will transform from now on. So um, it's interesting to see how we have these changes in the language and how they can start. So Esteban, as we wrap up here, you know, you teaching language, having to learn a second language, being a non-native English speaker, what are the takeaways for people out there listening when it comes to maybe their own journey learning another language or that fear of mispronouncing a word? I would say just having the confidence to speak new words and phrases is one of the most important aspects of learning a language. And also, I would say the process of trying to learn a language, which is a very long, complicated process, or it seems that way, uh, helps you so much to this notion of trying to connect with other human beings, trying to connect with people. And so uh, once you start learning a language, not only you'll have a little bit more confidence to try to say words you're not familiar with, but it will also give you a new perspective and it will open your mind a little bit. So I would encourage everybody to go learn a language. That's Esteban Tuma. He works as a teacher for the language learning platform Babbel. He talked to us about the list of the most mispronounced, misunderstood words of 2021. And uh, he's also a very funny stand-up comedian. Uh, go ahead and, and plug yourself, Esteban. Is there a place people can go on Instagram or a website to see where you're performing anywhere in Michigan? Thank you. Yes, go to uh, at Esteban Toma, T-O-U-M-A on Instagram to follow me. And yes, I'm having some shows when I come back to Michigan. Right now I'm in Ecuador, in South America, visiting my parents. But as soon as I'm back, you will have some shows. Please come see me. Yes, if I will leave on that one. What's the definition of that one, Esteban? Yes, if I. Oh, man, this one is uh, this is the popular trend where you apply a lot of beautiful filters um, for uh, at portraits, and so uh, it became such a popular filter that people just started using it as uh, as part of their speech, yassify. Um, and so I kind of had to do one for work, right? You, ha I had to yassify myself just to see how it, the filter works. So I have a pretty handsome picture of me somewhere. Esteban Tuma, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.